All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, Happy New Year. We are here on the last day of uh, 2023. Uh, tomorrow will be New Year's Day, and I am uh, trusting that next year will be a great year for you. Um, again, uh, belated Merry Christmas. Um, we're glad to see all of you. Uh, this morning, we're going to be continuing our te teaching on reestablishing righteousness. We took a time out last week for your special Christmas message. We're going to resume our study uh, today until we finish uh, uh, here in January. So uh, with that in mind, let me just uh, remind you that all of our teachings are archived on our website at myhousesetmotion.org and on our YouTube channel, My House Establishment Center. And we also want to say thank you to all those who have, uh, have partnered with us with your tithes and your offerings. And today is the last day you can do so for 2023. So everything, uh, if you want it in 2023, today's the last day. Otherwise, everything, everything else going forward will be in the next uh, tax year. Anyway, with that in mind, just so you know how to, how to give, you can simply go <coughs> to our website again at lighthouseassignmentship.org. Go to our give page, and all the instructions are there. <coughs> right, excuse me. So, uh, with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump into our study. And we've been talking about being established in righteousness. And as I've said in every week, in previous weeks, that we, this is the main message that I teach. And I've broken this main teaching on being established in righteousness into six segments. We are in actually segment number four, which I have a subtitle called Subtle Beguilement. Okay, that's where we're going to be picking it up. You can hit all the other segments that we talked so far in our archives, and we will have two more uh, segments to go before we finish out this uh, teaching series. So... Let, let's just do a little bit of recap here for uh, segment number four, being a subtle beguilement. We started out from 1 Thessalonians 3.10, where Paul says, Nine day I pray, see me that we may see you face to face. He wants to see them in person. But and perfect that which is lacking your faith. And this is not a judgment, this is not a condemnation, but we all need perfection in our faith. <coughs> okay, we all need to be admonished. We all need to be encouraged in our faith. If we were all walking in faith perfectly, we'd be, we'd be seeing a lot of different results in our, in our lives, in our ministries, okay? But we all need some perfection, inside of us more than others, okay? That's called discipleship, okay? That's called, that's how this thing works, okay? We are all going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, uh, 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 by uh, grace unto grace. Okay, we all need, we are all a work in progress, okay, in that sense. Okay, we're saved by His grace, but He is perfecting us, and we need sometimes people like Paul to come into our lives to come and perfect that which is lacking in our face. I'm hoping I'm able to do that with some of you. And I have people who are doing that for me in my life, okay? And Paul, that's Paul's prayer, his heart, as He's not a pastor, he's an apostle, but this is the heart of a pastor. This is the heart of an apostle. This is the heart of a prophet. This is the heart of a teacher. That we may come and perfect that was lacking in your faith. Okay. And with that, we had our main scripture so far. It's uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, where Paul says, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I'm not going to rehash all of that, but you can go to our archives and get the, what I've talked about this already. 
But he goes on to say, verse 3, But I fear lest somehow, as the servant deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your mind be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. How did Satan, the servant, deceive Eve? Because Paul's fear <coughs> and this jealousy that he's speaking of, this godly jealousy he's speaking of, is that as the serpent deceived Eve, so we can be deceived by the simplicity that's in Christ. So, in other words, Satan's only had one game, one, one game plan to deceive us, just like he deceived Eve. Satan wants to deceive the bride of the last Adam, Jesus Christ, the same way he deceived Eve, the, the, the bride of the first Adam, Adam. Okay? And so, it behooves us if... This is his fear. Paul, the Apostle Paul, fears that we would be deceived the same way Eve would deceive. It behooves us to know how is Eve deceived. Okay? So we go back to Genesis. Now the servant was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Hath God indeed said? He questioned what God said. Excuse <coughs> me. You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman says to the servant, so she's talking to a snake. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree with in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now she added some words there, but anyway, we'll move on that. We'll move on put a different teaching on that. Then the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die. Again, questioning what God said. But God knows that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. So she's, he's accusing God of withholding information from them. Knowing good and evil. Okay? And so, this is a deception. Not only question what God said, but also question that God is withholding something from them. He's, he's the serpent, the Satan, is deceiving Eve that if you eat of this tree, if you disobey God and question his word, but more if you take of this fruit, forbidden fruit, you will be like God. But God already said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. He already said, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. God already established that. So for him to say that you'll become like God is a twisted truth. They were already like God. But by taking this fruit, they became alienated from the life of God. In which God said, you, you will die. Which Satan had twisted it. Okay, and he, he's, he's a liar. He's an accuser. He's a deceiver. Okay. So, Paul says, I fear, let's go back here, I fear, in the same way that the serpent deceived Eve, so your own mind will be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. In Christ, we are born again. In, in Christ, we are a new creation. In Christ, we are the righteousness of God. In Christ, we are born of an incorruptible seed of Christ. There is no corruption in it. It's holy. It's blameless. It's righteous. It's godly. Our born against, we are spirit, soul, and body, and our spirit is completely 100% born again. Our soul, our mind, will, and emotions need some work. And our bodies will not be redeemed until Jesus comes again. 
but our spirits, our born-again spirits, that are born of God, whatever is flesh is flesh, whatever spirit is spirit. That's what God, Jesus said to Nicodemus. And we are, our spirit is 100% born again. Okay? It's, uh, it's born of the incorruptible seed of Christ. Okay? And, but if we're not careful, the same way the Satan deceived Eve, so our own minds can be corrupted because of the simplicity that's in Christ. That's why I'm titled this segment called Subtle Begotten. Okay, it came from this right here. He goes on to say in verse 4, For he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, for if you receive a, a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Paul's saying that if you listen to this deceiving spirit, that he will use many different channels, You'll put up with it. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to be exposed to it. It's another thing to participate in it and put up, put up with it and tolerate it. There's some things we don't tolerate. And one thing that we don't tolerate is a false Jesus, a false spirit, and a false gospel. We don't put up with it. We don't have anything to do with it. Okay? And so we anyway, this Paul uh, is, is is expressing his godly jealousy, his godly fear over the church. That we will not be beguiled the same way Eve was beguiled. Okay? Here in the New Covenant. This is New Covenant. Okay? And so anyway, Paul goes on to say in Galatians, where his harshest words were, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. He goes on to say, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be a curse. In case you didn't hear him right, he says it again, as we have said before, so I now say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. That's Paul's strongest language to the church of Galatia. Why? He's not going to put up with it. He's not going to put up with another gospel, and I won't either. Not in this church. Okay? And so... Um, he goes on to say in Galatians chapter 4, Tell me you who desire to be in the law. Do you not hear what the law says? So maybe you're so adamant about, about being under the law, do you really hear what the law says? For it's written that Abraham had two sons, one of the bondwoman, which is Hagar, and the other of the free woman, which is Sarah. This whole story of Abraham, Hagar, Sarah, Ishmael, Isaac, is all uh, an allegory. That's what he calls it here, which are symbolic. In the other translations, it's says allegory. Okay? But it's all about two sons. And these two sons are two covenants. That's what he says. Well, these are the two covenants. One from Mount Sinai and one from the Jerusalem that was above, which is the mother of us all. Okay? But he goes on. But the question was, you who are under the law, do you not hear what the law says? Because you know what the law says regarding these two these, these two mothers and these two sons cast out the bondwoman herself. So those who are adamant about being under law, do you know what you're saying? You want to be cast out. 
Jack Ryan is Presbyterian house. Anyway, cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then the brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. I can rephrase this and say, cast out the law and her son. Because Hagar represents the law. We just dealt with that. And you have to li li listen to the archives to, to get my whole message on this. But for the son of the law shall not be heir with the son of the, of the free woman, grace. For we are not children of the law, but of the free. Okay, and I, I don't have time to expound on that, as I've done in the weeks past. Okay, and then we introduced, uh, two weeks ago, when we were together, we introduced a new scripture from Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As we, as we therefore receive Christ Jesus, for so walk ye in him. We're all about seeing people to receive Jesus. And then how we receive Jesus, we get to walk in him. But the thing I love about Paul, is as, as, that word, the two-letter word, as. As you receive Christ, so you walk in him. You don't walk in him a different way than you received him. You didn't have it all together. You weren't living holy, and so you received Christ. No, you were wretched. You were a sinner. You were on your way to hell. You were alienated from the life of God. You were an enemy of God. And... You heard the gospel, you received the gospel, and you were saved. The same way that you receive <coughs> Jesus Christ is the same way you walk in him. But much of the religious church, the religious church being uh, the bondwoman, okay, much of the religious church has made it easy for people to come to Christ, come as you are. And then once you're saved, you now you have all these rules and regulations to stay saved. That's, first of all, that's an oxymoron. Second of all, that's going back to the bondwoman. It's being born of the free and now becoming a slave. Okay? And so, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. Okay, so I want to expand on this, which I think we started to do two weeks ago. But it says in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, which we've already talked about in weeks past, oh foolish Galatians. And again, he's given this harsh warning to the church of Galatia, because they were the ones that really were, were confused on this concept. That you walk in him in a different way than you receive him. No, as you therefore receive Christ, so walk in him. The same way you receive Christ is the same way that you walk in him. You don't live Christianity in a different way than you receive Christianity. Okay. For example, you don't plant oranges and get apples. You don't plant green beans and get peas. It doesn't work that way. What you plant is what you what you sow is what you reap. Okay. So as you therefore receive Christ, you just walk so walk in Him. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, for the Galatians. Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? I mean, again, Paul's using strong language to the church of Galatia. He says, Who's bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And yet they're so legalistic and religious about obeying the law 
So this just hits them right in the face. Like, what do you mean we don't bear the truth? You know? Um, but what people are not seeing through this veil called the law, which we've talked about before in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 to 16, that this veil deceives you, blinds your minds from, from the truth of this whole message called the cross of Christ. Because when we are so adamant about being under the law, which was the question here in Galatians chapter 4. So Galatians chapter 4 is after Galatians chapter 3. But it's the same book, it's the same letter, it's the same context. So he, he, he's, he, in Galatians chapter 4, he's saying, those who were so adamant about being under the law, do you know what the law really says? He's talking to this group that he's addressing here in chapter 3. Who's bewitched to? They should not be the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, another strong word, having begun in the Spirit, are now being made perfect by the flesh? What's he talking about? He says, as you receive Christ, so Jesus so walking in him. You began in the Spirit. You began by hearing it by faith. But now, instead of walking in Him the same way that you received Him, you want to walk in Him in a different way. You're foolish. You've been bewitched. And you're not obeying the truth. You're obeying man. Religion. You're being a Mishmael. Instead of being born again, of a free woman. See, I'm gonna make hair man. I'm gonna hold that thought. Did you receive the spirit by the? <coughs> excuse me. Did you receive the spirit by the works of law? Did you receive Jesus Christ because you, you just performed perfectly? Now, if you perform, if you perform perfectly to be saved, then you're telling me you don't need Jesus. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Antichristo means instead of or against Christ. So if you're telling me you can get saved instead of receiving Jesus by your performance, by your works, then you are, that's the spirit of Antichrist. And that's why Paul uses this, this language here at the beginning of the, of the chapter, in Galatians chapter 1. He says, uh, you're preaching a different gospel. And if you're preaching a different gospel, you are a curse. And if you're preaching a different gospel, we're not going to put up with it. Paul was not putting up with it in the church of Galatia. He was calling them a curse. He was calling them bewitched. He was calling them fools. Paul is not holding back any punches here. He's calling a spade a spade. Okay? We are not saved by our works. And the, the scripture says, as you receive Christ. So if you are not saved by your works, you can't stay saved by your works. So you're saying, are you saying, Pastor, we're supposed to live any way we want to? No. God forbid. And Paul answered that three or four times in his letters. That's not what he's saying. That's not what I'm saying. But we are saying become born again. And we are saying the same way you receive Christ Jesus, so walk in him. You work, walk by faith. It's we walk by faith, not by sight. 
We walk trusting Jesus. We walk trusting the gospel. We walk being dependent on him for everything. In him we live and we move and we have our being. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live my life by the faith of God. I live my life by the faith of God. The faith of God. Not just faith in God. My faith of God. Who loved me and, and gave himself for me. What's love? That, not that I love him, but he loved me and became my propitiation. We've already established that in, in our second segment. Second, our third segment. When we talk about being establishing his love. Okay? And so I have to come, I need to have the revelation that I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the same way I receive Christ, who's in me, is the same way I walk. I walk with the same Jesus that I receive, letting him walk in and through me. I don't have it on the screen, but he, he, he wanted to demonstrate his love so that he can live, we can live our lives through him. And he can live his life through us. This whole thing called walking with him, Christianity, is not us just living it out and our fear, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling on our own, for it's God who's in us to, to do and will of his good pleasure. This whole thing called Christ, receiving Christ, is Jesus is inside of me, and Jesus is living his life through me. So if you want to receive Jesus, and then you live your life apart from him, that's not Christianity. That's not the gospel. That's not righteousness. That's a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit. Okay? Jesus is living in me. And if I've done anything good, anything godly, anything holy, it's because of Jesus, not me. Now, do I, do I have a part to play? Absolutely. I need to participate. I need to, as he said here, obey the truth. A lot of you think I'm, not, I'm preaching against obedience. Absolutely not. Religion Legalism is disobedience. It's born of the bondwoman. You know, as you receive Jesus, so walking. How did I receive Jesus? I heard the gospel. I obeyed the gospel by receiving Jesus. And I obey the truth by letting him walk his life, live his life through us. As he therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive him? How did you because how we do this is contention on knowing how we receive him. Because you can't do something as something if you don't know what the first one was. You can't do something as something. You can't do something as something if you don't know what that is. I can't repeat what you did if I didn't know what you did. Have you ever played a basketball game called horse? Where one person shoots the ball, and if they make it, you have to follow exactly what they did. If they hop and shoot, you need to hop and shoot. If they just stood still, you need to stand still. 
If they throw it behind their back, you have to throw it behind your back. You have to repeat what the other person did. As they did it, you need to do it. If they miss it, well, then you can do something and make it. If you make it, people have to repeat what you did. I'm trying to, to define what this word as means. Because most of us don't understand this two-letter word, as. As you receive Christ, so walk ye in him. We need to, am I saying we're not supposed to walk in him? No. I say we're supposed to walk in him as we receive Christ. But I, what I'm not saying is that we would walk in him a different way than we received him. Are you kidding me? Are you getting what I'm saying? How did you receive Christ? Well, most of us quote in a prayer along these lines that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. Most of us receive Jesus by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that God raised someone to death. And most of us quote a prayer or recite in a prayer that had this you in the prayer. That's how we received. We heard the gospel. We believe the gospel. Someone let us receive Jesus by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth salvation is, confession is made unto salvation. That's how we receive Christ. So walk in Him. So we walk our life by confessing Jesus. We walk our life by believing that God has raised Jesus from the dead. We live that way. In Him we live and we move our being. Everything we do Everything, from brushing your teeth, to how, how you dress, to how you conduct yourself in life, in the marketplace, in the business, in your, for your employer, for your, towards your employees, towards your spouse, towards your kids, towards your grandma, towards your in-laws, towards your outlaws, whatever it might be. That's how you walk in Him, the same way you receive Christ, that you are confessing that Jesus <laughs> is my God. You're totally dependent on the resurrection of Christ in everything you do. Everything you think, everything you say, everything you do is based on Jesus raising from the dead. In the same way you receive Christ, so walk ye in him. Amen. You know, this whole context of Romans chapter 10, he was comparing self-righteousness with true righteousness. And he prefaced it by saying, what does a righteous of faith say? It says this. So when we go back here to Galatians, how did you receive Jesus? Did you hear about the hearing of faith? Yes. Because all of this is in context by the hearing of faith. That's how we're talking about righteousness. We're talking about being established in righteousness. This is how we receive righteousness. Because with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And as you receive Christ, as you receive righteousness, so walk in here. I hope the Holy Spirit can help get this in your heart. So you are establishing what I'm trying to preach this morning. Let's go, go forward. So as you receive Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. We also established this, as I think, a couple weeks to go to. 
I'm going to do this a little faster than I did last time, hopefully. Okay. Jesus saying, I'm the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. He prunes. He doesn't kill it. He prunes it. That it may bear more fruit. You are already clean. He's talking to those who are already clean. Some people think this is all about being born again. No, he says you're already clean. Because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, I'm using this whole context of as you receive Christ, so walk in him. Okay, so, have you ever seen what grows on a vine? Grapes. Have you ever seen grapes being planted and they begin to grow a vine? And then those grapes somehow jump off the vine and do their own thing so that they become, they, they can produce more grapes? No. How does a grapevine become a grapevine? It abides in that seed, in that soil. And as it grows, as, as the different branches on that vine grow, it produces fruit because it's simply abiding. We produce fruit because we are simply abiding in what we received. Because Christ is the vine. God's a vine dresser, but Christ is the vine. So how do we bear fruit? We bear fruit from abiding in the same Jesus we received. You actually take this word walk, and you, <coughs> and you study it out in the Greek, it means abide. Okay? And so we simply abide in the vine. As ye walk in, as ye receive Jesus Christ, so walk ye, so abide in him. You can't walk with someone if you're not abiding with them. You know, my wife and I said we're going to go for a walk. And one of us just takes off. And we're 15 feet ahead of the other ones. We're not walking together. Okay? We might be going on the same walk. We might be going on the same trail, but we're not walking hand in hand. There's no abiding going on. Okay. You can't abide with someone if you're 15 feet apart. How do you, how do you walk with him? Abide in him. Walk in him. Abide in him. You're grafted in him. He's in you. You're in him. Abide and walk this life out together in unison. Okay? First of all, abide in me as a branch cannot bear fruit himself, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And yet we're trying to do so many things without him. We're trying to walk without him when we're supposed to walk the same way we received him, by abiding in him, by walking in him, by abiding in him. And when we abide in him, we bear much fruit. The fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of life. The fruit of obedience. 
the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of holiness. All those fruits are byproducts of abiding in Him. You can't have fruit of righteousness without abiding in Him. You can't have fruit of holiness without abiding. You can't have anything that's holy without abiding in Him. You can't have it. If you're, tell, if you're telling me <coughs> that you can walk in the truth and walk in holiness and walk in righteousness, not abiding in Him, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. Because you're preaching a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit. I don't say that to be mean. I say that to echo the word, echo the word of God. That the only way that you can bear any fruit, and much fruit, holiness, righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit, is abiding in Him and walking in Him. And you walk in Him the same way you received Him. For without me you can do nothing, and if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out. Now where did we hear this phrase, cast out, before? From Galatians. Cast out the barnwoman and her son. Okay? So, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be cast out. I don't want to be an Ishmael. Okay? Anyone does not abide in me. Ishmael was not abiding, is not abiding. Legalism, religion of any kind, especially Christian religion, is not abiding. Because Christianity is nothing, is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God. It's the free woman. Christianity is born of the free woman. Religion is born of the bond woman. And the bond woman and her son are cast out. Okay? And so we... We need to bear much fruit. And the branches wither, and they gather them, and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Where do we hear this before? Ask what you desire. In 1 John. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Why? Because our heart doesn't condemn us. We have confidence with God. Why? Because we keep His commandments. And there you go. There goes the religious people, the legalist people, the, 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 the sons born of the bondwoman. we got to keep his commandments, Pastor Dave. What are his commandments? I thought I had it on the screen. But it's that we love him, that, that, we, that we believe in his name, and we love one another as he gives us commandment. That's verse 23. I'll have it on the screen in just a moment. Where else did we hear this phrase, uh, ask what you desire? From Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to exceed me abundantly above all that we ask or think. In context, he says that we know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, we will be filled with the fullness of God. If you're filled with the fullness of God, you, you can, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly, but more, more than you can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What power is working in us? God, Jesus, the, his fullness. That's what he's talking about. His fullness, because if you are abiding in Him, you, and He's abiding in you, you have His fullness. And you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. <coughs> you bear much fruit. <coughs> is God glorified when we bear much fruit? Yes. What fruit? The fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of holiness? The fruit of righteousness? 
the fruit of our prayers being answered. God is glorified when our prayers are answered. God is glorified when we're walking holy and righteous. God is glorified when we are walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Excuse me. And how do we do that? How do we become how do we become fruitful? How do we bear much fruit? We abide in him and his word abides in us. So you will be my disciples. He's talking about discipleship. Okay? Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you, you and abide in my love. If you keep my commandments. There's that phrase again, if you keep, keep my commandments. You will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He said that I have spoken to you, that you might, my joy may come, remain in you, and that your joy may be full. How many of us want joy to be full? Okay. I feel like I have a few things out of order here in my, in my, in my, in my slides, but bear with me. Okay? So, here he's saying in context here from John 15, 9, 9-11, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. Where did we talk about this already? We talked about this in our last segment when we talked about in this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. We living through him is talking about abiding in him, abiding in his love. Because he said that the love of God was manifested towards us that we might live our life through him. That's the exact same thing he's saying here. Okay? And then he says, if you will keep my commandments. And this is where I, I missed it earlier, didn't have this on the screen, but I have it here now. In John, John, verse John 3, 23, this is the commandment. So those of you who are still adamant that we need to be under the law, despite what the Word of God says, that cast out the bond woman and her son, and you still hammer because Jesus says over and over, and Paul says over and over, we need to keep those commandments. What's his commandment? Well, John, John chimes in, and he says, This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. Now, he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. There's John. Not only, John not only connects the dots with the commandments, but John connects this to keeping his commandments back into abiding in him, and he in him. I mean, you know, the same guy who wrote this, wrote that. Kind of interesting, huh? So anyway, uh, let's move on. Alright, okay. So as he received Jesus Christ, the Lord, so are he in him. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out myself, find out where I'm at here. And then going back to first John real quick. <coughs> Excuse me. And by this we know that, that we are of the truth. And shall assure our hearts before him, for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. So I, what I want to piggyback here, here real quick, going back to 1 John 3, is that by this we should know that we are of the truth. How do we know? See, we're talking about, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. Okay? And we can only walk in the same manner that we received him. We've already established that, Okay? So if that's true, how do we know that we received him? How do we know that we are of the truth? 
First of all, you'll know it will be of the truth because you'll see the fruit. Okay? Because if you're abiding in him, walking in him, there's going to be fruit. How do you know it's an apple tree? Get a clue, there's apples. Okay? Okay. Two dogs that get together, not going to be monkeys coming out. It's going to be a litter of puppies. Okay? But we've always, we already touched on this truth before. In Ephesians chapter 4, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him, and have taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So we're supposed to walk in the truth the same way that we receive the truth. You follow me? So we're supposed to walk in him the same way we received him, but how do we know that we're in the truth? And we're, we are to so learn the truth, we're to be to so learn, we're to be to so saturated, imbued, indoctrinated in this truth. And this truth is in Jesus. Remember there's a quote in here? Ephesians 4, 21. Okay. What's the truth that we're that we are to so learn? Is that you put off concerning the old you put off the old man, and in the spirit of your mind you put on the new man. Who was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is how you know that you are the truth. And if you are the truth, it will assure your hearts before Him. Okay? And when your hearts are assured, if your hearts don't condemn you, and you have confidence towards Him, and whatever you ask, you receive from Him. Because you keep his commandments. What are those commandments? That you believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. And he's giving you commandments. And now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. It's just tied all of that together right there. If you're still stuck on this, I encourage you to re-listen to this over and over again. And then let the Holy Spirit reveal this to you. Because I can teach it to you, I can teach this to you, but I can't reveal it to you. The Holy, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Okay, you have to get, you have to receive this by revelation of the Holy Spirit. I can teach it, but the Holy Spirit has to reveal this to you. Okay, so it says, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. And you know me, I love my colons. That's why I use the King James version for this particular verse, because there's a colon here. So again, if you don't know what walking in Him looks like. He's going to tell you the answer right here, after the colon. So, rooted, built up in him, and established in the <coughs> faith, as you have been taught. We already just talked about what we were taught. We were taught the truth that's in Jesus. To put off the old man, and the spirit of our mind put on the new man, created according to God, and true righteousness and holiness. That's what we were taught. Okay? So be rooted, walking in Him, be, we're talking about being established in righteousness. Okay? And so walking in Him means being rooted, established, and built up in Him. I should have a capital H there. And established in not a faith. There's a definite article here. But be established in the faith. 
Because what does a righteous faith speak? It says that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus raised from the dead. We will be saved. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I live by the faith of God. There's a definite article. The faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we're rooted and established in the faith. As we've been talking. We haven't been taught a different gospel. We haven't been taught a different Jesus. We have not been taught a different spirit. We've been taught the gospel of Christ. And the gospel re reveals the righteousness of God from faith to faith. Right now I'm quoting Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Yet Paul says this. Going back to Galatians. Now we're in chapter 5. He's not done with them yet. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Strong language. Almost everything I put in there is underlined, double caps, bold print. Strong language. He called them curse twice. He called them bewitched. He called them fools. Now he's calling them estranged from Christ. And fallen from grace. Strong language. Okay? Because you become estranged from Christ, you have attempted to be justified law. Because King James says it this way you be, you, Christ has become no effect unto you. You who are justified by the law. Now, we already read in Romans that by the law, no one can be justified. So, how can someone be, whoever you are, are justified? In their own minds, they are. Remember this deception that Eve endured from the simplicity that's in Christ? So our minds will be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ? See, this word justified is, is the same Greek word for righteousness. Okay. So we're talking about being established in righteousness. I can easily change the message and say we're being established in justification. Okay? Because it's the same Greek word. So, again, going back here real quick. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified. That's why I like this. Sometimes I talk back and forth between translations to get the gist of what he's saying here. You attempt to be justified by the law. Who's the law? Hagar, the bondwoman, and her son who are cast out. You have fallen from grace. Christ has become no effect to you. That's why Paul is so hard on them in the first chapter about someone preaching a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit. And he's calling them a curse. He marvels that they... they they turned from receiving Christ to now being justified by their own performance. And rather than being switching from an Ishmael to an Isaac, they switched from an Isaac to an Ishmael. You fall from grace. Now you can't fall from grace if you weren't already in grace. You can't. You can't I can't. 
If I was on top of the couch that's sitting right in front of me, I can't fall from the couch if I don't first get on the couch. Okay. Anyway, I'll you that will hit you later. Okay. Um, Christ has become. So some of you are so adamant about being under the law, Christ is becoming no effect with you. And you're wondering why Christianity in your life is not working. Well, you, it's no effect with you. Why could you? The foundation is wrong. Remember our very first segment, we're talking about the foundation. Righteousness and truth on the foundation. If you get the foundation off, everything else you believe is going to be off. And so, if you don't believe, if you don't believe the foundation of how they get saved, then you're going to have trouble with getting healed, provision, any of your prayers answered. If the foundation is off of how you even walk with God and how you even have walk out this life, then everything else you built on that foundation is going to be misconstrued. I don't want to live my life falling from grace where Christ has no effect in my life. And some of these statements from Paul and Galatians are a low blow. But folks, if the bridge is down, and I don't warn you, stop the car because the bridge is down, am I now your enemy because I tell you the truth? To save your life. And there's so many posts on Facebook that are all about being justified by the law. <laughs> and it's sick. It's destructive. I your, your motive is good in that you want to see people get saved, but the message is wrong. Okay. Paul said it this way in Corinthians. For Christ did not send me to baptize, and there's another model of baptism, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. This is a bounce off what he said here. Christ become no effect. <coughs> Paul's mission, purpose, in ministry as an as apostle was not to just go around baptizing people. And he's not against that. But to preach the gospel. That's his mission. Not with the wisdom of words. Not to impress people. But that the cross of Christ should be no effect. I'm not watering down the gospel to impress people. Because that would make it of no effect. Okay? I want the, I'm going to preach the cross, the gospel of Christ, because it doesn't need any of Dave's commentary to it. It just needs, people just need to hear the gospel. Okay? That's what they need to hear. So again, Christ has become no effect over and justified by the law. 
get why I had it. Let me catch up, yeah, let me catch up with myself here. Find out where I'm going. I'm supposed to be going. I'm piggybacking still on this idea that Christ has become no effective to you. Those of you who are justified or attempting to be justified by the law, you're falling from grace. See, man was originally created good in God's image and God's likeness. At the end of Genesis chapter 1, he said man was very good. Okay. But man fell from grace. When man, through the deception, through Eve's deception, when she tried to become like God by partaking of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she did it in disobedience of God, yes, but she did it because the serpent deceived her that if she took it, she would become like God, knowing good and evil. Are you following me? Okay, I felt like I lost some of you. Remember, Paul said, in the same way that Eve was beguiled, I'm paraphrasing, he feared that our own minds would be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. And how was Eve beguiled? Because Satan came to Eve and said, Did God really say you will die? He knows if you partake of, the, of this fruit, you will become like God. They already were like. But they fell from his grace and sinned into the world because they tried to become like something they already were. They fell from his grace. They tried to attempt to become like God in their own strength, in their own performance, by partaking of a fruit on a tree. Instead of receiving by faith, what God had already said about them, that they were already good. Are you following me? It's the same in the New Testament. God has already made us clean, holy, and righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. As you therefore receive Christ, so walking. But many of us are trying to maintain our salvation by our performance. There was a quote on Facebook this week I really like. Most of us have... And I'm hoping I can, I can restate it. But most of us have, many, or many of us have more faith in us missing the mark than we have in faith in Jesus who hit the mark for us. I want to say that again. Some of us have more faith that we missed the mark than you have faith in Jesus who may, hit the mark for you. I became saved because I knew I was a wretched man. I needed a Savior. And I continued to walk out the salvation with fear and trembling, knowing it's He who's in me to, to, to do and will of His good pleasure. It's Christ in me who, the life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I know I can't live this life and have fruit of righteousness and fruit of holiness and fruit of the Spirit and do anything good without Christ doing it for me and through me by His Without, without me getting involved. I mean, I'm saying that somewhat wrong. I'm involved. I have to participate. I'm not a puppet where God's just going to do me however I want. Okay? 
But at the same point in time, my faith, my allegiance, my dependence, my reliance is on him in me, not me. I can't trust me. I have to trust him and him alone. Okay? For Christ did not preach me, send me to preach the gospel, but to send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom words that the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. As ye therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. Be rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounded in his giving. Hopefully you're getting what I'm trying to preach this morning. I want to conclude with another passage of scripture that we have talked about before. We will talk about again before we're all done. And that's from Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3, Paul says, By the deeds of the law, no flesh can be justified. Again, the word justified is the same word for righteousness. By the deeds of the law, no flesh can be, be righteous in his sight. It's not, it's not a matter what man thinks, it's a matter what he thinks. In his sight, there's only one way someone can become righteous, and that is by receiving Jesus. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. I want to pause there for a moment. By the law is the knowledge of sin. In Romans chapter 1, Paul said that, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but the gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God. The law is the knowledge of sin. Okay? Just want to make sure I'm not missing something. See, law reveals sin. The gospel reveals righteousness. Okay? So we need to know which one we are preaching. You preach law, you're preaching, you're revealing sin. I'm here to reveal Jesus to set you free from sin. Am I, am I endorsing sin? No. Am I okay with sin? No. Absolutely not. But by preaching the law, I'm not going to set you free from sin. All I'm going to do is reveal it. I can reveal sin all day long, but it doesn't change it. But I can rebuild righteousness. I can rebuild the gospel to set you free from sin. Okay? So, for by the deeds of the law, no flesh can be justified in the sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now, in our next segment, we're going to deal more with this, this what I just said. Okay? Now, but now. What's that? Now, now. The righteous God, apart from the law, is revealed. The law reveals sin. But now, the righteous God, apart from the law, is revealed. So Paul saying, the law was, it, the law is a known sin, and there was a reason for the law, to know that we need a Savior. 
And it reveals sin, and by revealing sin, we get the revelation that we need a Savior. But now, the righteousness of God is revealed. How is it revealed? By the gospel. And it's revealed apart from the law. But even though it's revealed apart from the law, its witness is testified by the law and the prophets. And we're going to deal with that in the next segment. Okay? Even the righteous God through faith in Jesus Christ, to whom all, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I've heard this preached for years that this was the gospel. Okay? And I'm agreeing with the statement, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's a true statement. I am not discounting that statement. That is true, and we need to hear that. All of a sin. Everybody here, there, there's no one here that's, that, that's um, what's the word I want to, that, that, um, excluded? Huh? Excluded? Um, that, um, that this doesn't apply to. We've all sinned. And we've all shown sure to God. But that doesn't save me. That's bad news. It's news, it's true. It's just bad news. But there's a comma. Let's finish the sentence. Being justified freely by His grace, being declared righteous freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel. We've all messed up. We're all on our way to hell. But we've been justified freely. It costs us anything. It costs Him everything. By His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood, through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because of His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed, who committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to spend more time with Romans chapter 3 in our next couple segments as we're wrapping this one up. We are justified freely by His grace. But how beautiful upon the mountains of the feet of Him who brings this good news, this gospel, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation to the of Zion, his church, his bride, his people, your God reigns. We've been talking about being established in righteousness. And in this series, I've broken it up into six segments. We just finished segment number four. Next week, we'll start segment number five, which I've entitled The Testimony of Scripture, which we will actually be going back to this verse. right here to kick it off with. Okay. And so with that, you know, I just, you know, we conclude that. I just want to, in our last notes, as this is our last message for 2023. Tomorrow's New Year's Day. I just, uh, I bless this new year in your lives, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in your country, this country, and all the countries combined. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's my king. He's my God. And no matter what goes on, he is still on the throne. And he's my God. And even when things go on in the world, just like they did in Egypt, 
you and I, if we're in Christ, we are negotiating. And what happens to them does not necessarily mean it's always going to happen to us. I speak blessing on this new year, on your families, your homes, your ministries, your churches, your businesses. I bless it. All those who have blessed this ministry with your tithes, your offerings, and your gifts, I bless them in the name of Jesus. And I command those blessings, those gifts that you've blessed us with, I command them to multiply a hundredfold. I bless them. I bless them. I command them to multiply in Jesus' name. I command them for the funds that have come in to multiply so that we can continue to preach this gospel to the nations. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. And we will see you next week, January 7th, 2024. God bless you.